Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Applied Human Design podcast. So today we are going to be speaking really about astrology for the most part. I'm going to speak in general about really some of the benefits of mixing, I guess, more traditional like talk therapy and that sort of thing with a more spiritual approach, Um, but kind of sort of framing it through mostly through the lens of astrology, just because that is a huge part of what I do in my work and I guess my experience in mixing the two and then how I have in the like updated evolutionary astrology reader training that um, is open for enrollment right now how I've gone about really bringing in not just those but then also bringing in like multi-dimensionality and all sorts of things into astrology practice so we can talk about that I also have a couple of questions. Um, So I asked if you guys have any questions about astrology, um, anything in our chart or things you're confused about, etc. I asked on my Instagram stories. So we're going to answer those as well as we get to the end. So it's funny, I actually recorded this episode fully yesterday evening. Um, It's currently Thursday. I cannot believe it's four o'clock. Where did the day go? But anyway, Um, yeah, so I pretty much already recorded this episode and then I was re-listening to it. I was like, I was delusional. Like I was so tired when I recorded it and it's, it's really frustrating. Well, not like frustrating. It's just like annoying because (laughs) I made some really, really good points in that episode. So I would have loved to, but I was like, girl, you need to record this again. Like you sound literally so tired in it. Um, it has been a massive week, you know, so I, we started doing you. So I started my new program on Tuesday. We had our first, um, session and (laughs) in the market now, I was like, yeah, you know, 60 minutes. And obviously we went for two hours, um, doing healing and just talking about all the things. And then, yeah, I discovered zoom whiteboards. So I drew like three different diagrams of just explaining some of the, I guess, like more complicated topics that we are really focusing on in you, like in literally moving from you right now to you expanded version. So yes, that was a lot. And then I also started um, doing like offering Akashic Records readings this week and they literally booked out like overnight, um, like the first like part, like number that I offered. Um, (laughs) and then, yeah, they sold out and then I forgot to like take the link off, um, my stories. Um, like I deleted it from everywhere else and like put it to private so that only people who had the link could book. Uh, but I forgot to delete it off my stories. So everyone who looked at my stories could then book. So like another, another bunch of people booked. Um, but it's been amazing, right? It's just been like, I literally feel like, yeah, this has been a massive week and it's funny because, okay, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about in this intro section today, but I feel like this is a perfect thing to talk about. So one of the big things that I spoke about in the first call for you expanded, expanded version is that during an expansion process, um, after your major like expansion process, so after the chunk of time when you're kind of like being challenged and like being called to be a new version, new bigger version of yourself and make changes and facing all these initiations and stuff, it's like you reach this period of time, you reach the integration phase. And during the integration phase, it's like things are still changing. It's like you're actually starting to see. It's like the the, um, expansion phase is very, very internal, right? It's like a lot of the challenges are internal. And then once you've gone through a lot of the internal challenges, right, which has been like the last two months for me of just, well, really like probably last like a long time, several months, um, but, you know, kind of 
climaxing over the last two months of literal struggle. Um, <clears throat> once you once you've like done a lot of that internal like process, and then it's like things in your external world really really start to shift, right? To reflect the inner changes obviously the inner expansion and it's like during this process that your system is like oh my goodness here is the changes I was asking for um now can I actually hold it and isn't it hilarious because like during this expansion process I had no idea all I said to the universe was I want to feel connected to my work again um and I want my work to feel natural again and I had heard of the Akashic Records. I di- I dipped into it once or twice. I'd had other people read mine. And then <laughs> next thing you know, um, I'm doing it like for myself for six weeks. And then, you know, at, like like I was talking about in the last episode, right? Hmm, I think I want to try reading for other people. I've been being like, dude, what? <laughs> you literally just like told me things that, you know, nobody could possibly have known and, you know, gave me so much clarity and all of that. Um, and here I am doing it, you know, moving into doing it professionally, right. And it feeling incredible and the feedback from, you know, just these first few people who I've done, uh, the, the first few readings for is wild. Like literally, like every single one I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. And then like the confirmations that they, they do it. It's fascinating. Anyway, I went on a whole rant on my Instagram stories this morning about like stepping stone pricing and why that's like really, really beneficial for creatives. So I won't go into it again, um, but I'll save it. I'll save it as a uh, like saved story because I think it is really beneficial. If you ever just want like a pep talk, I like just go through my saved Instagram stories. Like I, I was trying to post more on the feed because I feel like that's just, you know, it's more helpful for like more people finding it, but I just cannot be bothered with Instagram feed. But literally every morning around 8am, I get on my stories and I just share what's on my mind. Like my brain works a lot. My brain is always like thinking about something. Um, it literally just is like the three, five teacher inside of me. I go through something and then I have to universalize it, right? It's the classic three, five thing. And so I've just sort of come to the realization that cool, every morning for about half an hour, I talk about whatever's on my mind on my Instagram stories. Maybe some mornings you find it useful. Maybe some mornings it's exactly what you need to hear, uh, which I get the message a lot, which is amazing. I'm so happy. And then maybe some mornings you can skip over it, right? But it's always there uh, whenever you need a little pep talk, kick in the bum, or just to think of um, things a little differently. Anyway, so all that to be said, I'm very tired. Uh, I think a huge part of doing these kind of more like practice readings and starting to do it in a more professional sense is going to give me a very good idea of how many I can handle in a day. Um little cliff notes. I cannot do four in a day. Oh my goodness. My brain was broken by the end of last night. Um, so yeah, I do have four booked in for tomorrow as well. <clears throat> and that would definitely be my last day of doing four. And yeah, that is also, you know, going to help me with knowing how to charge it. Just knowing that probably the most I can do is three in a day, etc. So, you know, learn by doing is, is the, um, takeaway message. Okay. So let's get into today's little topic. Oh, and then if you do want to like book in an Akashic Records reading, I haven't organized like a page or anything yet. Um, I'm just doing it through my acuity, like my scheduling, um, on Instagram. And so, yeah, if you want one, send me a message, send me a DM. 
um, or just keep an eye on my stories because that's where I'm going to announce like whenever I uh, like I guess like officialize availability because um, I'm still figuring it out. Okay, let me have a sip of my chai and then let's get into it. Okay, so my first point to make, um, I do have some notes, so we'll try and stick to that as much as possible. Not too many ADHD caveats, but you never know where we're going to go. Um, okay, I feel like one of my worst fears is like people writing a re- review being like, this girl didn't even talk about what she said she's going to talk about in the subject. It's like, okay, because I set a subject and then I realized there's something more important to talk about. Just stop it. Anyway, um, so, 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 so let's break it down though. So integrating. Yeah. All right. So the problem is, well, not the problem, but like the hundred percent truth is, is that we are multidimensional humans. We are people who are mind, body, spirit. Um, we are soul. We are everything, right? We have lots of layers. We have lots of needs. You cannot separate them, right? If there is one thing we have hopefully started to learn in this planet, which a lot of people have, but you know, obviously the mainstream is, is still struggling to keep up. It's that you cannot like just separate, like you can't just like take out a diseased liver and then like not have any other problems. Okay. Because that like those issues might be like the symptom of like a deeper problem. Right. Or you can't just like, I think a better example is you can't just like use acne clearing moisturizer or something and that be the end of it right because oftentimes like skin issues are indicative of something much deeper right and that's like what I love but also like got a bit much about naturopathy it's like people come in with come in with one little issue that they want help with and then it's like okay we need to reevaluate your entire lifestyle uh because probably every single like body system of yours is having trouble and you think you just wanted some herbs for your acne, right? <laughs> oh, little dear. How naive. Um, so, right, we are holistic beings for that to be said. And so while, like, traditional therapy and stuff is incredible, it's so useful, everybody should do it, all of that, um, everybody who it appeals to anyway, everybody who feels like they will benefit from it, um, <clears throat> a lot of times what's missing from it is that invitation of soul a lot of what and I feel like you guys listening you don't need need me to tell you this but it's like a lot of what people are thirsty for a lot of what people are hungry for is more spirit more soul a deeper connection to something bigger than themselves and when we are really really trying to do these disciplines like therapy like you know, classic psychology, all those things and we're trying to do them in a way that will be like quote-unquote taken seriously by the mainstream what happens is that we have to cut out a lot of uh, the soul, right? Because we live in this world where it's been, we've been completely manipulated to think that nothing exists except for what we can see, which is actually the most wrong thing. Because as I was prepping my notes for you um, and like, it's actually the opposite, right? Matter makes up 20% of the universe and dark matter or like nothingness makes up 80%, right? And that could have been, that could be like a completely outdated statistic. Don't quote me on that. I never, I never pretend to be a scientist or anything like that. Um, But that was, that was what came up in my quick Google search, right? But I know it's a lot. Most of what is real, you cannot see. And so 
all of these people saying like, yeah, I only believe in what I can see. It's like, okay, then you don't believe in 80% of the universe. <laughs> what? Um, what a silly thing to say, but you know, each their own. Uh, I will not be continuing that conversation with you. So, um, yeah, when we're, when we're doing these practices in a way that is simply to be taken seriously, so much of what is true and real about the human experience is left out. Humanity is, we're really, really starving for a deeper purpose right to it. But, um, and this is why I chose to study holistic counseling, um, which is basically like spiritual counseling, uh, over, um, I, I did do, I think I did about I want to say a semester, but that would be very, very generous with myself. I think I did maybe six weeks of psychology degree at university um, before switching to legal studies and then switching to accounting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it just wasn't for me um, because, yeah, choosing spiritual like or holistic counseling, it is holistic in that you learn, uh, you know, Jungian and Freud and all of the classics and then, you know, many different, um, like, I guess, like belief systems within psychology. Uh, But then also, right, you also are encouraged to bring in other healing modalities. You learn about the soul that's integrated into the work, all of that stuff. And yeah, to me, that is a lot more healing. Um, when humans are like really what we need what we need are disciplines our practices our healers who allow us to be everything that we are um and part of what we are is a soul like you know i know it's a scary scary fact to the no i only believe what i can see crowd among us um but we are that's part of who we are so there's there's the first benefit right um but let's let's break it down more okay so working like especially when it comes to like astrology and other magical practices healing modalities you know whether it's tarot whether it's whatever it is that you work with the benefits of weaving that in um i guess with like other okay because this is the thing right they're only they're like they're not as powerful when they're separate because what you see is you have like the people who are too caught up in the spiritual side of life, totally head in the clouds. Um, And they're the healers who are like, yeah, just meditate, right? Just do breath work, then everything's fine. And it's like, no, um, yeah, maybe I can like feel bliss sitting on a mountaintop when nobody else is around me. But then as soon as I go try and have a conversation with my partner or um, a friend that I've had a falling out with or whatever it is, I can't put those spiritual practices into practice, right? It, it's that which makes it not a spiritual practice. It just makes it spiritual and you are not actually changing your life, right? Yes, a few moments of bliss in meditation is incredible, but we are human beings. Um, so that's that's one way, right? That's when people are just focused on the spiritual concepts. And then you have people who are just focused on the real world who I've kind of like um, touched upon, right? Like then if people are so caught up in the real world, it's like they really, really do fail to zoom out. It's like the minutiae of their everyday lives becomes completely, completely overwhelming to them. And 
they have no ability to just take a step back and be like, actually, there is a higher purpose in all of this, which is where I want to talk about one of the big um, benefits of astrology is literally just looking at an astrology chart or even thinking about yourself and your life in terms of astrology. It forces you to zoom out because you're saying you are taking a look up, a look up at the stars and you can't, you can't look up at the stars for more than like a quick glance and be like, oh yeah, okay. Like you look up there and you're like, oh my God, I am one tiny fragment of a ginormous, I do not know when the last time I used that word was, um, I am part of a huge universe, right? I am part of something that we don't even know the half of. I am part of a mystery and I'm out here like so deeply focused on this one tiny thing. Like did this person text me back or did their text mean that they hate me? Whatever it is that's going on in our minds, right? You need to zoom out. You absolutely have to. And that's before you even like learn literally anything about your astrology chart. The second that you even just take an astrological perspective all of a sudden, you're like, wow, it is a big world out here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what was my next point? Actually, this is a really good one. Okay. So what I love about um, maybe more like psychic work, astrology, tarot readings, aura readings, whatever it is, whatever it is that you specialize in, what I love about them and what they really provide to the world in terms of helping people to heal, I mean, other than the obvious, is that, okay, <laughs> people who are more and more inclined towards the spiritual side of life are oftentimes empathic, helpful people, right? We are people who want to help others. And we sort of have this mindset of like, well, I should be okay. I can't ask for help. I can't like go to therapy and take care of myself because I'm here to help others, right? It's just, it definitely is a pattern that I noticed among a lot of us. You know, it's the same kind of, same kind of people who are going to be like, uh, you know, no, no, I don't need, um, I can just like read the book and, and I'll be fine. I don't need to like sit down and talk it out with someone uh, for 60 minutes. No, no, no. Um, you know, it's just that like hesitancy to ask for assistance. Uh, but these people, through sheer curiosity, will be much more likely to book um, an astrology reading or astrology session or um, tarot, whatever it is, just out of that curiosity, right? And what they're going to find is that same healing, uh, that connection, that feeling listened to that they would have would have received from therapy, that they're never that they're you know less likely to give themselves. Um, you know, this is just a very specific type of person, but I definitely do see it, right? So what what you get when you do astrology and you're able to hold space for people for people and understand where they're coming from and maybe not just like spitting spitting like facts and information at them, but really able to hold space for their healing and their processing and whatever it is. Um, you give people who who otherwise wouldn't ever gift themselves an hour to just talk about themselves and process themselves, you gift them exactly that, right? It is a beautiful um, experience and that's what I love. It creates a healing opportunity for people who would not uh, typically like search out traditional therapy or whatever it is. So that I think is a benefit that literally cannot be understated and like I'm calling out myself here like I think I've I've done like maybe two weeks of like more traditional therapy but 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I speak to my kinesiologist all the time. I have energy healers on speed dial. Um, when I was healing from a really, really traumatic, like uh, relationship thing, I was seeing a psychic every, every couple of weeks. Um, you know, my, my healers are my people. They are my like earthly team. That's why I think about it. Right. It's like, I've got my, my guides and they're my like, um, interdimensional team. But then I have my team of earthly humans who are like helping me be the best possible person that I can be on this planet. And they don't necessarily, necessarily look like what other people's idea of therapy are, but they're perfect for me. Okay. Um, another real benefit of, an astrology reading and you do have to be a bit careful with this obviously is that the chart can really display really really like instantaneously some of those major um past life and early life like traumas or struggles as well as like patterns beliefs ways of thinking that the person is still probably most likely struggling with in their life right now right it can shed a lot of light on the reason why um, they have these partic- particular tr- troubles, right? So um, especially in evolutionary astrology, which is the astrology that I practice, that I live for, that I am a ride and die for, um, we put a lot of focus in in this practice on the lunar nodes, right? The, the north and south node, and then their ruling planets, any planets in aspect to them, the entire nodal story, right? In my, in my radio training, we do a full, like I think it's like nearly two hour workshop on that. Um, and talk about them all the time and they are so specifically the south node story is showing a lot of the past life and the karmic imprint that's been left on the soul uh, and therefore the etheric body the energetic body of the person um, whose chart you are looking at and when you have that you are able to get razor sharp insight into why they struggle with what they struggle with and able to give them the tools um, and they are able to equip themselves as well with how to break past those chains that it's like the thing with the south node is that it's so like ingrained into your nervous system it's so normal to you because it is like something that's been around for multiple past lives that oftentimes you don't even think about it right you might not even notice it in yourself until someone points it out to you right I mean if you are someone who's very very self-aware then Um, it's likely you have noticed these things in you, uh, but having that reason can add a whole nother layer to just understanding it. So that's a huge benefit, right? Is that you have a, you have a reason um, for why you are the way you are. And that can like, sometimes just having a reason for it can help you change it. Okay. um, The next one. So we've talked about that. Yes. Uh, All right. So this is specifically a benefit of um, evolutionary astrology. And it is that like evolutionary astrology as a discipline, it is it is not just looking at the person in front of you and assuming that they will always be the same. Um, So when you do like predictive astrology, sometimes it can sort of have the Okay, no, and you know, I'm never, ever, ever talking bad about any other type of astrology, but I will just talk about the reason why I prefer and will always practice evolutionary astrology, and that is because it views the evolutionary potential in a chart. It is a practice that assumes that we as humans are here in pursuit of growth, that our purpose is to 
like escape the wheel of karma essentially and um reach our highest most authentic potential and the way that we do that the way that we bring that to life uh, for this specific lifetime is a lot of what is represented in the chart so when you are able to bring that philosophy uh, and that perspective into an astrology reading that is when and this is why in my like updated reader training, we are really focusing on multidimensionality, right? And the fact that we are multidimensional humans, um, you're able to look at the chart from like, I'm going to say three, but it's like just multi endless perspectives. Okay. But the three perspectives that you view the chart are number one is going to be like the, the, the pain, the struggles, right? Um, the difficult childhoods or the past life troubles or, um, you know, the things like just the actual, like the things that happened. Then the next perspective you can see, um, okay, no, maybe there's four, right? Because then the next like layer on top of that is you can see the reason why they are the way they are, right? When you look at the chart from a certain perspective, you're able to see the people, the situations, um, whatever it is that have influenced them. Um, to likely shape them to have these specific struggles, trauma, whatever it is. Uh, Then the next layer, you can look at how they can go about healing that, right? This is my favorite thing that we can provide with an evolutionary astrology reading. It's like, okay, well, what do you need to do differently, right? What can you call upon? Um, How can you integrate the wisdom of the other planets, the other signs, all of that that are going on in your chart in order to move forward, in order to like change the story? Uh, And then that final layer is like, you can also look at the chart from the perspective of just the highest possible, most authentic, shiny, brilliant expression of that person. Uh, And there you go, right? You have given them so much to work with and you have uh, brought them to life. You have, what's the word? Like you have sparked in them a realization that they are a multi-dimensional human and just because they've been living a certain way or you know feel like they're going around in circles again and again and again doesn't mean they always have to be there is evolutionary potential within them and within everyone and that is why I love this particular branch of astrology okay um so the last benefit that I want to discuss um is probably the most controversial one. Um, Hang on, I'm going to start new recording. All right, I'm back. I just had to go heat up my chai. It had really struggled uh, with all that chatting I'd been doing and not taking any sips. It had gone a bit cold and we can't have that. Um, Okay, so yes, like I was saying, the final point um, that I want to make is, you know, kind of the most controversial. It's the trickiest, I guess, for people to kind of get their head around and I get it. Um, but one of the benefits to astrology is it really provides a, like a a higher purpose or like a greater reason for suffering and struggles in that because astrology, when you take this multidimensional view and you look at it through the lens of your past, your present, and you know, your future, where you're heading, what you can see. And like it, it, I mean, automatically it sends you into that self-reflective state and, you know, I'm sure none of you are any, any stranger to the practice of looking back at everything you've been through and, and, you know, pondering and realizing how it has turned you into the person that you are today. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, astrology really provides that. You can look back and see, 
like you can even you can see in the chart like oh damn like you know this person had a really really tough time with their dad or whoever it was um growing up or this person has had a really tough time like making friends feeling comfortable in their body whatever it is and you know sometimes by looking at that you're automatically going to move into that reflective process of oh I see now that had to happen so that I could do this so that this would happen so I would meet that person so I would learn to do this so that I could put myself first so that I could learn self-love right it's like again it's just like this evolutionary perspective is that we somewhat choose well not even someone I think that's like censoring myself we choose like as these sweet innocent souls that just want to return to source that just want to experience and taste life and move through the wheel of karma and figure our stuff out and heal our um you know uh like karmic relationships and all of that we choose these situations so that we can move through process uh the like soul scars and um imprints left on us from multiple past lives and this really gives you that perspective and that perspective, even though it can be a bit confronting of like, well, why would I possibly choose that? Right. Why would my soul choose those struggles? This is why I love like starting to work with the Akashic records. Um, there was, there's always a reason, like there is literally always a reason. Like there was one particular like struggle that, um, you know, I was going through when I first started working with with the records and the message that just kept coming through was it had to happen this way. It has to happen this way. It has to happen this way. And I was like, okay, 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 right. You kind of get that perspective. And yeah, again, it is really confronting and it does take a lot of strength and a lot of power to kind of accept your sovereignty. Like, I guess like your soul's sovereignty in being like, okay, right. I did, I did choose this, right. But you also get so much power back in that because you're no longer accepting yourself as the victim. You're just not. And, you know, I think like, and I think an example um, that, that I'll share that I, you know, shared when I <laughs> recorded this episode also yesterday and then um, re-listened and didn't like it was the example of like the story that I've, I've shared before, like, you know, a few, few weeks ago being um, followed home and it being like really, really traumatizing, right? In a foreign country, um, being followed home, not speaking the language very, very well at all. Uh, and having a man literally follow me to outside of my apartment and having to like, you know, run inside of this coffee shop and, and sneak out the back thanks to like the savior, um, of, of this woman so that this man wouldn't find out actually where I lived. So yeah, scary, traumatizing, not nice. Right. But what did it do? Uh, I, after consulting the records, like the Akashic records, I found out it was a psychic attack. Um, it was an attempt to, yes, get at me. Um, <laughs> yes, some energy did not particularly like that I'd been learning to read the Akashic Records and get a bit of a greater insight into certain things. So they they sent a little, a little being. Um, this is not to scare any of you. Again, the chances of this happening are so, so slim. Um, it was just because, well, it was because of the reason, right, that I it's funny, like I have taken like literally entire courses in psychic protection and I just wasn't doing it. I was not doing it. I was not taking it seriously. Um, that won't happen again. Right. And that was a hundred percent my lesson from that experience. It sucked, but I chose it. My soul chose it because I had to get 
really serious about protecting myself and you know like I've said on here before learning how to do exorcisms learning how to do um like get rid of negative entities right because that did you know that's come up a couple of times with like the few few clients that I've worked with um in the Akashic Records and in doing like energy healing right there's, there's been a couple of like just like cheeky entity attachments nothing nothing sinister um I needed to know how to do that, right? I do need how to do I do need to know how to do that. If you work with energy, you cannot take protection lightly. And so it's like even though that situation sucked, was painful, was traumatizing, did leave me like just not wanting to leave the house for literally three weeks, it had to happen. I chose it and I'm a better person because of it. Um, so that is what I mean by um kind of seeing and reviewing and looking back on your traumas, your negative experiences, like negative experiences, whatever it is, from that multidimensional perspective, when you're looking at an astrology chart from an evolutionary perspective, is you see the choice behind it. Okay, so finally, let's ask, let's answer a question. All right, <clears throat> so this question is from Ruthie. Um, I'd love to hear anything about Virgo moon. Oh, whoops. Virgo is such a challenging sign for me. I'm so type B and absent-minded and flowy, but with a cap stellium. Um, Virgo moon, Virgo south node, and part of fortune. Okay, there, there's a lot. Okay. Um, let's just talk about, oh, this is interesting. It's so fascinating to me. I had my spiritual awakening six years ago due to my moon, uh, due to my Virgo moon. <clears throat> so much of the low vibe Virgo criticism. Okay. So it seems like this question is anything about Virgo moon. Okay. Really interesting question. Um, if you, yeah, if you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, or if you know me, maybe on a more personal level, you know that I, I also struggle with, um, Virgo energy. I don't have any placements in Virgo. Virgo rules my sixth house. Uh, and that's, that's really it. Um, trying to think, no, there's nothing. I can't even think of any asteroids or anything that I have in the sign of Virgo, literally nothing. So alas, why do I have such trouble with it? Because um, my parents, oh, those lovely relationships that we have with our parents, they both have Virgo stelliums, uh, four planets each to be exact. Um, yeah, for my mom, one of them is Pluto, uh, but for my dad, it's not the sun, right? He's a Leo, but I think he has Mercury, Venus, Mars, and one more. Maybe, I don't want to say Saturn, maybe it's Saturn. It honestly might be. Anyway, doesn't doesn't really matter. So Virgo has been a very interesting karmic journey for me, right? These two people who, again, my soul chose as I mean, okay, I I in answering this question, I'm literally just going to talk about Virgo. So that's gonna be fun. Um <clears throat> where, what was I saying? Yes, these two souls that obviously I chose as the people most capable of raising me to be the person that my soul wanted to be in this lifetime. They both have such a strong Virgo influence and yet I have none. So obviously there is big karma for me in this sign. They are teaching me something. I wanted to almost like 
I wanted to be grown up, right? I wanted to be nurtured, um, disciplined. I wanted to be taught. I wanted to be loved and seen by this energy. And I think this is where, like, especially with the sign of Virgo, um, this is one of the places where just like knowing about astrology really, really helps relationships (laughs) Uh, because, you know, I can sort of I've spoken before about just getting to know my mum's love language is. But have you considered this, right? You know, I come in like all guns blazing. I'm so excited about something new. This is even when I'm like a little kid or whatever. My mum's like, oh, I don't know. Like, have you thought about the consequences? And, you know, for so long, that side of Virgo was really, really triggering for me. And when I say so long, I mean literally until like two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was. Um but starting to realize that that is a love language, right? I think that is just so, so beneficial for anyone who has a Virgo placement, right? Um, And then also anyone who loves someone with a strong Virgo placement. If you do have the strong Virgo placement, it's like maybe you need to frame uh, a little bit better your um, judgments. Um, And I'll get to like the second part of your question in a second, but I just want to say this. It's like, I know that, like, I know that what, that you think what you're doing um, is coming from a place of pure love. And this is the thing is that, like, I have so many Virgos in my life and I know that your first thought when your friend or your kid or whoever it is or your partner is excited about something, I know that your first thought is that you are also excited and it's because you're so excited that you want them to succeed. And because you want them to succeed, (laughs) that is why you go to automatically assessing all the ways that they could fail, right? It is what Virgo does. It looks and it makes corrections. So um, I think the next part of the question is really like, uh, you know, how can I have that Virgo moon and still be like absent-minded and flowy? Um, but have like so much earth in the chart. This is a really interesting question. Um, Okay, so you did mention, um, and this is just like specific to you, you did mention that your south node is there with the moon. Um, So we know about the south node, oh my god, we know about the south node that this has like a kind of karmic, um, karmic like attachment to it, right? Um, and, or like, you know, it has karmic representations. It's representing something in our past lives or early life. If you don't want to, you know, uh, work with past lives, um, represents something that we've gotten really, really good at. Okay. So if we think about this from the perspective of having a, now I don't know where your mercury is, which is going to be that South node ruler. So that might be able to give me a little bit more information no you didn't put where mercury is that's okay oh hang on no you did um mercury and taurus in the second house okay anyway so um right if we are looking at a virgo south node right it's like what is the karma that this soul has brought forth into this lifetime this soul has brought forth the soul scarring of attempting to be perfect that is the painful like i guess uh imprint oftentimes left on a uh, Virgo Virgo south node now especially if you have the moon there as well um also in the sign of Virgo there definitely is this like perfecting uh attempting to 
ensure there are no mistakes made. And what can happen sometimes is that just like the soul gets completely overwhelmed, right? Like maybe you were more, um, yeah, maybe you kind of, like the way that I think about it, all right, so maybe the soul just got like completely over trying to be perfect and was just like, do you know what? You know, I, I can't do anything, right? Um, because yeah, I do, I do know other people who have like a Virgo South node and like strong Virgo placements and there's like a desire for integrity and all of those like earth sign things in the mind, right? Like, but then it's like that overwhelms you of how big and how good and how high quality you want your things to be that nothing ends up happening. And that's where you get that more like um no structure and like the Virgo or like the earth really struggles to do what it needs to do um now that Virgo south node being ruled by Mercury in Taurus okay so again I'm like doing this through my mind's eye so it's not the easiest thing to do without looking at a chart but that ruling planet of the south node is going to give us more information about this specific situation and how it might play out in your life so <clears throat> that um, Mercury in Taurus, all right, so yeah, a lot of these past, li- past lives were probably around like, well, we're going to say like using the mind and maybe using the mind. Yeah, okay, what it makes me think of is that like in past lives, maybe you had to use your mind in like really rigid ways, right? If we're thinking, you know, Virgo South Node, ruled by Mercury and Taurus in the second house, we're thinking like potentially, and again, I I haven't seen the chart, I don't think, Um, but, you know, we're thinking like your mind, that's probably super, super creative because I know the person who asked this question, I know it is, um, is being like, it's like you're forced to think inside the box. And then when you come into this life, it's like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that, right? I want to do anything but. Um, And of course, when you have the the south node in um, the sign of Virgo, your north node or what you are stepping into in this life is the opposite, right? It's Pisces. And Pisces is very flu- very flowy, very intuitive, all of these things. So it's quite likely that, you know, as you've moved through, through your life, you've naturally started moving into the north node in Pisces things, which is really, really beneficial. That is absolutely medicinal for the south node in Virgo, the moon in Virgo that just wants to get everything correct. But the ultimate like goal with a south node, north node journey is to meet in the middle, right? You don't want to leave behind all the gifts that having an earth south node and an earth moon and then so many other signs uh, like planets in earth provide for you. Um, with that grounding stability, that ability to stick to your word, right? Especially because that um, Mercury is in Taurus. That's huge for integrity and sticking to what you say, like doing what you say you're going to do is massive. It's a massive uh, gift for you in this lifetime. <clears throat> so yeah, this life is really about finding that sweet sweet spot in the middle for you, right? Um, so hopefully that was hopeful, help, helpful. Hopefully that made sense. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about the archetype of Virgo. I mean, there's so much we could say, uh, but um, yeah, I feel like I feel like what I've said is is good. Uh, it's an archetype that I love, I'm obsessed with, and I really appreciate. Like, I have a lot of admiration for Virgos. 
Okay, all right, so I'm gonna leave it there. Um, once again, I'm very tired. Uh, yeah, some, something in the air lately, isn't it? This is, this is the thing with, with expansion periods, right? It can be exhausting, but yes. Okay, so farewell. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, um, I am relentless, relentless alignment on Instagram. Um, if you listen, come chat to me. I always like chatting to you guys and talk to you soon.